0: Set the video to upload. Have an alarm set for four AM. Wake up at four AM. Kind of like crawl myself over to my computer. Get publicized on the video because I ain't touching that fucking scheduling. And then uh, and then crawl back into bed. And then wake up at eight AM and do it all over again. This is creative. Disruption. Disruption, the intersection where entertainment, data, and creativity meet. Here's
1: your host, Ricky Ray Butler and Daryl Leaves. Welcome back to the Creative Disruption Podcast, where we talk about everything that's disrupting the industry and the creators that are actually doing it. Uh, and I'm joined here with Ricky. How you doing, Ricky? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Daryl? I'm doing awesome. Now, I'm really excited about our creator that we're speaking to today in the podcast. You want to give us a little intro?
2: Yes, we have the one and only Elliot Watkins, who's the co-founder of Click Management, but also one of the most successful creators to ever come out of Australia. And one of the top you know, gamers and creators of the gaming space across the planet. Um, he runs the channel Muse Elk and um, is someone that our company has been very fortunate to, to work with and collaborate on, I mean, collaborate with um, multiple times. And and I'm really excited to have him on here because he has a lot of great insight to bring to the table.
1: Well, welcome, Elliot. Thanks so much for for jumping on with us today uh, for this podcast. So <laughs> thanks for having so me. Did did Ricky do a good job? Did he actually give a good bio? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that was that was pretty
0: good. That was pretty good. I mean, well, like he a st-
2: details, He's had a total of 3.3 billion views, <laughs> he 9.5 million subscribers, and he dropped out of law school.
0: To do, <laughs> there you go. Made the parents proud. <laughs> you you <laughs> just made them so, so proud. They're like, hey.
2: hey. <laughs> yeah. from Daryl said, I'm not doing a good enough job. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't appreciate
0: it. Honestly, well, the, the, the best part is just constantly bringing up with my dad about all the times he threatened to throw my Xbox in a pool. So, you <laughs> know. <laughs>
1: I get the final laugh. Now, what's funny, though, is we had your sister on uh, on an earlier podcast. And I'm like, well, how was Elliot growing up? She's like, she was always on that computer, always playing the, the, the games there. I go, did you ever think he'd amount to anything? So she said no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's great. That's
0: great to know. Love it. <laughs> no, I'm just joking.
2: There's, there's disadvantage of us you know, talking to your sister and, and business partner before you. No, yeah, I mean,
0: it, it's, I it's, it's, it's it's weird because, I, yeah, I, I definitely spent way too much time playing video games as a kid. And, and I think I remember, I still remember like, well, not even really remember, but I have people come up to me and be like, oh, OK, so you can tell my parents that I should definitely sit and play computer games all day. But like, if I'm actually honest, it's probably less the playing games as a kid and more the uh, more all the like study to get into university and actually do that, which gave me. The work ethic that YouTube needs, because I think that's definitely a much bigger factor than uh, than being good at video games.
1: Well, I think that I think that's a good segue because I think there's a lot of people looking to get into the industry. Um, I was actually uh, on a production with Mr. Beast. We were down and we saw this these people that stopped us and were like, hey, we're starting on YouTube. We're trying to get things going. We want our kids to be YouTubers. Um, And there's so many different things, but I don't think at the end of the day, most people realize what it means to be a content creator in today's world and and what you have to do. Could you kind of tell us kind of what your day's like and how, how, how it is juggling all the things that you have to do to be successful?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I I think there's two answers. Uh, I think there's two answers to the question because um, I think there's kind of what you initially need to kind of really get into YouTube. And then obviously as you grow and you get more efficient, you kind of learn how things work a little bit better. And also you go through kind of like the waves of when you really got to be like grinding at content, which with video game cycles isn't always quite as aggressive. Um, But I mean, definitely early on, I mean, when I first started YouTube, talking about from around the time when I kind of put university on hold, I was like, okay, holy shit, I really got to make sure that I can, uh, I can make this work because if not, like, you know, there's, then I'm going back to law school and I really don't want to do that. So, um, so I actually moved in with my mum in her apartment and, uh, Basically didn't leave I, – I basically had a bed and next to the bed I had this little like $50 IKEA desk that would always wobble left and right as I was gaming. Like I'd move my mouse a bit and the desk would wobble to the left and then I'd go back and it would wobble to the right. Um, but uh, yeah, but early on that like initial grind of, of getting content done was – I remember it was just completely – insane it was 7 days a week probably you know 16 17 hours a day quite literally i remember at the time and i don't know if this was real or not real um this was about uh 20 what would have been 2014 2015 there was youtube had kind of just introduced video scheduling and there was a weird stigma around it kind of a lot of the time when youtube introduces new features these days or at least it used to be this way. YouTube introduced a new feature. 50% of the time, it is broken. And (laughs) the other 50% of the time, people are scared that it's broken and they're too scared to use it because they don't want to tank their channel. So... I knew that I always wanted my videos to go live at 4 a.m. So my day would literally be kind of like wake up at like 8 a.m. in the morning, uh, maybe go get a coffee, come back, start recording, record all the way through to, you know, like 4, 4 p.m. Maybe then edit for about eight hours until like 11. uh, And, you know, in that time also making thumbnails, which takes a lot of time in itself when you're doing it um, solo uh, and then set the video to upload. Have an alarm set for four AM. Wake up at four AM. Kind of like crawl myself over to my computer, get <laughs> publicized on the video because I ain't touching that fucking scheduling. And then uh, and then crawl back into bed and then wake up at eight AM and do it all over again. And that was that was that was like literally seven days a week. Um, you know, kind of. Three hundred sixty-five days a year, and I mean, Grace can testify. Yeah, she. I, I don't know if she talked about it in the last episode. She uh, w- was temporarily also living in that apartment just for a month or two, and it would be like I would crawl out of my room, get like a microwavable meal from the fridge, and then run back in and just keep doing stuff. And I, I had no life balance. It was it was definitely not a not a healthy healthy existence. But I do think it's what you really need to do to kind of break into what I think these days you can pretty confidently say is probably one of the most competitive industries in the world. And also one that has such, it's something that everyone wants to do. And also these days has almost no barriers to entry there's almost nothing that stops any random person with the advent of mobile gaming microphones technology everything becoming cheaper recording software being free computers now being it used to have need need to have like a crazy rig to run recording software not anymore now literally anyone can pick up a computer a pretty relatively cheap microphone and just start making content
1: and and that's what I love because it's like today more than ever before that that creators that are unique and find a unique way for people to have value of like, hey, whether it's entertainment, education or being inspired by something. That they can actually grow a following, and a lot of people says, "Well, you can't do it unless you show your face." And I think Dream proved it that you don't need to show your face; you just need to have unique yeah. content that people want to engage with. And his speed drums—they pull me in. Like I, I'm yeah. watching a 27-minute video. I'm like, "Why am I watching this 27-minute video?" But yeah, they're really engaging. So that is that is amazing. No. It
2: seems like you know every creator that ends up self-sustaining and build a you know li- make a living off of creating content. Go through that like phase that you just ex- explained of the hustle, of the hours and the dedication they have to go into it. And one thing it, it's interesting. Um, the company I run, um, Ben Group, just acquired TubeBuddy. And the, one of the number one insights that I've found out you know, as we acquired this you know, um, um, business was that the reason why it's been so successful and so popular is because it helps creators save time. Yeah, And. You know, when we when we acquired it, it's a thriving business. It's exploding. A lot of different creators are using it. And I I had no idea that was going to be one of the number one things is, you know, creators are doing everything they can. They're desperate to optimize their time to make it so they can be much more efficient and effective.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
2: Um, What happened like the, the day that you decided to do this full time?
0: I mean, like, it wasn't so much uh, like a, an all-of-a-sudden decision. I th- I would say it was probably more just like a, a gradual progression in that direction. And I think it was it was more that I kind of – YouTube had always been something I'd had as a big part of my life, you know, kind of all the way up through high school, watching my favorite YouTubers, um, you know, kind of really, really loved engaging with content. Um, and obviously, like – so many people, it was always like that oh wouldn't that be the greatest job in the world wouldn 't that be the luckiest thing to do and I think i I just reached a point where I realized I was actually because I, I, I was really just doing it as a hobby initially it wasn 't like I suddenly was like i 'm going to be a youtuber i um I, I really just the so the first game I started off with was called Team Fortress Two. And uh, and I was just, I was obsessed. I literally lived that game night and day. I thought about it all the time. I just loved everything about it. And initially me just making content was literally just a way to kind of share that passion. I ha- didn't have becoming a YouTube career person anywhere in my vision at all i really just had such a passion for the game wanted to show people um and i think it just like it it kind of snuck up on me that was like oh okay this is crazy but i'm actually kind of making minimum wage by <laughs> playing video games like this is kind of wild um and it was I, like i you do know- have a
1: question though this is really important how fast was your uploads? Cause I've been to Australia a few times and the internet isn't the best there. Like I would be so discouraged because it'd take like 47 hours to upload your video. <laughs> so,
0: so that was the thing. So, and, and beyond that, I also used to back in the day um, up until like two years ago, my software of choice was uh Sony Vegas pro, which uh, for anyone who knows the difference between that and Premiere pro, the difference is about 15 times longer in render time for pretty much any project you want to do so if i was doing like a 10 20 minute video it would literally be like a two and a half hour render and then like one of the good oh actually yeah one of the reasons actually i remember even when scheduling became like verified as good that i couldn't schedule content is i'd start the upload at like 10 11 pm and it wouldn't be done until four or five a.m. in the morning. And then that's when I had to wake up and then set ads and titles and thumbnails because you couldn't pre-do all that. Um, and uh, yeah, so no, the upload times were another, they were they were really awful. These days though, we got the click office building, you know, we got laser beam, fresh, molly, everyone under one roof. We got two gigabit lines running in. We've got all the internet we need in the world. It is luxury.
1: Awesome. So you you're uploading, you're you're renting on Vegas. Take forever. You're making minimum wage. And then what happened next? Uh,
0: what happened next is, I mean, look, I would say the next big step would be uh, a little game called uh, Overwatch went into development with Blizzard. And actually at the time, so I was doing, when I first came down to do uh, kind of YouTube and was also living with mum. this was like probably right before I went into the hardcore daily upload grind. I was maybe doing three or four days a week. Um, I kind of got an internship, totally didn't get paid at a YouTube network that was kind of running out of Sydney, Australia. And um, everyone there was great. Everyone was really nice. Wasn't really kind of gaming content as much. They did very, very different stuff. Um, But I was working there and I was still uploading my TF2 videos two or three days a week. And I I got like a a email from someone at Blizzard being like, hey, like any chance we just give you a ring? Um, Anyway step out one day at lunch, go out, jump on the phone, have a bit of a chat. Like, yeah. So, um, we've got this game in uh, development. You might've seen it. We just announced it at BlizzCon about a month ago. Uh, we'd like to fly you out to LA and, uh, to come try it out because obviously TF2 Overwatch, um, if you're familiar with the games, very TF2 was probably the closest, uh, one to what Overwatch ended up being, um, class based shooter at the time. Uh, and I literally just remember my mind just absolutely exploded. I, I I had like a mental breakdown. I actually so distinctively remember, and this is like it's clear as day in my mind because I just kept saying it over and over again in my head. It was like, as long as I don't get hit by a bus and die before this trip, my life was fucking well lived. That's literally all that mattered. I was literally like, if I do not, if I get to go over, because I've always been a fan of video games and I think it was very similar to the same way that like, you know, if uh, if you watch YouTube videos and you meet your favorite YouTuber, if you um if you're uh you know somebody who plays games, the idea of meeting the people who actually build the games is incredible. And um yeah, so anyway, I ended up not getting hit by a bus, which was great. Uh got to go over and kind of, you know, meet Jeff Kaplan, meet the whole Overwatch development team, a lot of the guys who I'm still friends with now. Um and they're just an amazing amazing bunch and i think that only increased my excitement for doing what i do because i think you know i I haven't actually gotten to meet that many game developers but all i know is the guys at blizzard they love it so much you know so proud of everything they do um and uh yeah and then basically overwatch ended up releasing i slowly transitioned my channel from tf2 to overwatch which Thank God, because I remember around that time I was going through a real crisis. I'd been doing TF2 for like two, two and a half years and I was running out of ideas, it's, which often happens after you've done the same game for a while. So that gave me a really beautiful segue, not only into a new game with new content, but also a much newer game with huge push behind it, a lot of hype, very exciting. And I was able to pretty early on kind of move into that game and establish myself as like the biggest creator, you know, kind of entertainment um, YouTuber for that title, which at the time kind of going from, you know, making videos for a game that, you know, is six years old at that time and only has an active player base of a couple hundred thousand to suddenly going to one that has, you know, all this media push behind it. They're winning game of the year. It's all anyone's talking about the whole world. The whole gaming community is like Overwatch, 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 flying overseas, getting to kind of suddenly have this huge influx of audience that was um that was probably what i would say was the the big kind of first step up i got to have where it went from being like okay i'm a youtuber who can functionally do this as something that pays the bills to okay actually this is kind of like i can you know i i would occasionally walk around and someone would be like hey i watch your youtube videos and that was like oh okay crazy
2: Oh, that's amazing. Sorry, that was a rant. <laughs> no,
1: no, no. That was awesome. That was
0: awesome. And you,
2: you've, you've continued to have the theme of, like, focusing on other games in the future as well. Um, and, and, you know, and you've played, like, for example, a lot of Fortnite. Yeah. Um, what, when when you have other um, brands that come in and other IPs that come in and want to collaborate with you, um, how are you able to find that balance of being able to collaborate with another game that maybe isn't the game that you've mainly specialized
1: around?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I I obviously love playing like a lot of different titles, you know, like, I mean, certain ones I can't post on YouTube like Dota because you just can't post Dota and make it entertaining to anyone who doesn't play Dota. Um, But like, but I, you know, I I remember early on, I realized that I, I wanted, I think around the time, like, for example, Sea of Thieves came out, I realized that I really wanted the ability to kind of be a bit more creative outside my normal sphere without totally alienating that class based shooter slash Fortnite audience so made a second channel so that was one way where it was able to kind of make those collaborations between more versatile games um, a lot easier but also um, I, I think it was kind of lucky in the sense that i i feel like and you know it's not a coincidence that you know when you make games when, when you make sponsored con- when you make content on a battle royale game uh a lot of the you know brands that want to come and collaborate are also battle royale titles and i think there was definitely and there always is excitement around whenever a new battle royale title comes out especially if they're ones that do it really well and i think almost every kind of big like game that i've done a dedicated video with on my main channel and really kind of like partnered up with them they've all been great titles like man being a developer these days is so hard because there are so many great games i back in the day there's you know it was like once every year or two there'd be something great these days you got games like Spellbreak coming out incredible absolutely love it i was playing for like three hours last night just like after work because it's so fun you got games like apex legends which obviously when that came out took the world by storm and then you've got countless other titles that come out and barely anyone even sees but they're great games i i um like the the battle royale ubisoft uh hyperscape you know another really great well-developed title and it's just it's so hard for developers these days because there's just so much to compete with but sorry to rewind back to your point um how playing those different kind of games is because uh you know kind of picking the ones that kind of fit in the relevant area where i want to post them but also um a lot of the time making good fun content with those games is easy because they're great games.
1: So Elliot, I got a couple of questions for you and it's just more a curiosity uh, factor. I think a lot of people would have this this question, but you've been on YouTube so long and you've been able to see specific trends and you've been able to see creators come and go. What What is the the essence of success on YouTube for a creator? Like what do they need to do every day? Um, how do they need to engage with their audience to to keep relevant? I mean, I see people come in, they're very relevant and then they just die off and... They just are never seen again. <laughs> so like, how do, how do you have longevity?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is also something that I have to constantly try and remind myself six years into YouTube. And I definitely think I go, I definitely don't always practice what I preach um, at the moment. I think, you know, six, seven years in, even I start to go through motivation waves where, especially when you're two and a half years into doing the same game. Uh, but because the thing that i I remember early on always boiling it down to was just you know in a in an industry where there 's so many people making videos, so many people trying to kind of create content on the same games, the same titles, just going as far out of the box as you can thinking how is my content going to differentiate from the other 50,000 people who are also making content on this exact same topic? And I think it's very, very easy, um, especially when you are trying to make a name for yourself in when a game first comes out. I think it's very easy to fall into the trap of, um, and I think people are definitely accepting this more as the norm these days, is, you know, they are putting these kind of lessons into practice. But a lot of people would fall in the trap very early on of just being like, I'm just going to put out gameplay, gameplay, gameplay. I got like a 25 Elim win. And that can be good if you build your whole brand about it. But what I always used to think was, okay, what can I do in a video? Will this video make Tim go to school tomorrow and go up to his friends and be like, bro, did you see this YouTube video where this guy did this thing? It is completely insane. I didn't even know that was possible. That blows my mind. And they'd be like, oh, who's that? Oh, that guy. Oh, go check out his channel. He does this stuff every other day. So if I, I remember if I go back and look at all my, um, you know, uh, really early Fortnite content or early Overwatch content, um, my uh, what I was trying to do every single day was try and find ways to... Play the game in a way that no one else had thought of playing the game, you know? So like getting in Overwatch, getting Symmetra back when that was broken and just getting a one doorway and putting like 80 turrets all around it. So when someone goes through, it creates this like thing that just deletes people. Basically just finding weird, unique ways to play a game that make people, whether or not it's practical, whether or not it's actually the right thing to do, but it makes people talk. It makes people be like, holy crap i'm not seeing that anywhere else on youtube and even just down to the dumb stuff like when that giant crater appeared in uh uh in fortnite season 4 literally just got a group of 20 people and covered it with wood spent like 2 hours doing it and it was pointless it achieved nothing but for some reason it had articles written about it like yeah i think basically for me that's i mean obviously beyond the work ethic and putting in the hours and really trying to you know actually make the individual edits and the uniqueness of the content stand out. I think fundamentally rewinding all the way back, just being like the core idea of a video, how can you make that unique and different and stand out? And I think that's something that I personally aren't doing as well as I should be at yeah. the moment.
1: You know, and I, I think there's like a lot of opportunity out there. Um, just to give a little context, um, when we are going for the launch of Mr. Beast Gaming, Um, there's so many different people that you're competing with out there. And um, there wasn't this kind of community gaming place, you know? And I think, I think I truly do believe the next three or four years will be more about friends playing games. And it's more about that. So I, I, I really look forward to you and, and laser, you know, having a, you know, a channel together. Cause I think that, that is something that's interesting. And I think it's more about the entertainment of how it creates this polarization or how friends usually play um, I did notice you know with with uh, beast gaming you know yes it's interesting but when they bring another dynamic in where they're actually doing something with dream or whoever you know and they' they're having these competitions it 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 does get people talking about it it does get people remembering those moments uh, but what I love about it too it's not just with one specific game because I think that's where a lot of creators struggle if it's just with one game how do you become unique when you've done like a thousand videos on Fortnite, you know like how, how do you yeah. how do you pull that in and i think that's where the dynamic of bringing other people into that sphere uh where where it's like really having unique opportunities uh to create yeah. content because you know each other so well uh i think that's where a lot of the entertainment can be
0: yeah 100 percent. i mean oh, i was gonna say like if you look at the success of like mr Beast gaming channel like it it, it literally is the like textbook example of exactly what we were talking about there. It is every single video. There is not one video that's like playing Minecraft episode four, or, you know, kind of building a house in Minecraft. There's none of that. There's none of the ideas that everyone's done a hundred thousand times. It's all, if you build a house, I'll pay for it. Or, you know, kind of, but everything is just kind of something where you, people need to see it in their sub box and go, Holy crap, that actually sounds ridiculous. Haven't seen that before. Can't get that anywhere else on YouTube. Not only am I gonna click that video and watch it and probably watch it all the way through, but also this is someone it. who is, yeah, I'm gonna watch <laughs> all these other videos. And now my suggested, wow, this person's consistently putting out content that I can't get anywhere else. I'm obviously gonna subscribe.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: There's definitely like a, a different form of collaboration with Jimmy's doing with, um, with his gaming channel. But when it comes to collaborations and friends playing together, I feel like that's been a big part of the history of the gaming vertical on YouTube. I mean, that's what got Vanoss Gaming um, and, and and his crew, you know, to grow like they have. And as well as, you know, when it comes to you Aussies, like you guys are all collaborating and, you know, you know, kind of um, create a group of friends. Um, Daryl, are you thinking like, there's actually gonna be channels where it's gonna be a variety of people just on the same channel?
1: I, I do. I think. I think that. I seriously, if you did a channel with Laser, I would 100% watch it. I think the dynamic of you off camera would translate on camera, and it would be like off the freaking charts. And I think that's what people are looking for—is a little bit more. But it's not like, yeah, it's like like the gaming hero. Like I'm going to show you all this cool things that you can do on on this specific game. I think you're going to always have that. And I think where it's more casual gaming and it's more about the, the the banter back and forth and just kind of the punking and all the other stuff that goes on in, in, in video games. I think that's what people are going to be more wanting and it's going to be more dynamic when it's a group of people that they, they follow.
0: Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And I, yeah, I think you only really have to look at all the stuff Mr. Beast has put out to to see that. I remember initially when you know bringing in all those like tertiary characters uh, into, I mean, characters obviously they're people, but you know, into the channel um, early on. I was like, oh, that's like a an interesting direction, but man, it worked.
1: Like- no, it was like, like seriously, like when I met Carl for the first time. I said, Carl, why are you behind the camera? You need to be in front of the camera. And he's like, oh, I don't know. that's just where they put me. And I'm like, OK, well, we'll fix that. I promise you, we will fix that. And he was in a video and he just he has these little mean moments that you just pay, take that one clip. And it's just yeah. like you either love him or you want to run him over with a bus.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I, that's, just, that's perfect. <laughs> I also think that, yeah, I, I think the other thing that makes that trio good. And I was actually saying this. So my youngest sister, Ilsa, um, who's dating Lannan. Uh, she started making videos recently and I was watching it and I was like, why, why am I actually enjoying this content so much? I'm trying to figure it out. And then I realized, I think that there's just been this thing where YouTubers, they started off very kind of like chill, normal. And then like you had to become more and more of a YouTuber all the way up, just getting more and more like, what's going on guys. Welcome back to the freaking channel, you know, and it would just build up. And I think after a while, people are just like a bit overwhelmed by that. And all of a sudden, there's kind of been like you, you watch someone who really isn't like a YouTuber, YouTuber personality on your screen. And it's so refreshing. It feels so good. That is. And, and I realized that's exactly when Ilsa, the younger sister makes videos. It's that she's not a YouTuber. She's just kind of someone who's playing Minecraft and having fun with her like little pets. And then I think that's similar with like Carl and a lot of the guys who Mr. Beast has brought on. Is there not that they're not who you'd expect to see in a YouTube sense, but man, it's just but they're so perfect um, for it. They're, perfect. they're absolutely perfect for it. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think there's a lot of opportunity and I, I don't believe it's oversaturated. I just think that the way that we've been doing things, we just need to be new creatives. And so I think Dream's a testament of that, of like doing creative things with with content. Uh, you can grow very fast. But I, I do believe that the industry is shifting. I think we're seeing a shift right now. And there's a lot of content creators that just go off of, of you know, here's the next title that we're doing and we're going from there. Um, and I think that's going to be uh, like you're going to just plateau and you're not going to get the views that you need to. But when it's more personality based and they can play, you know, Among Us or they can play Fall Guys or they can play, you know, um, Fortnite and they're just connecting with you just because you're a content creator. I think that yeah. is the next level of, of creators, you know, for the next three to five years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, um,
1: um,
2: oh, go ahead, what, Ricky. Uh, what are like, the platforms that you're prioritizing the most outside of YouTube? You know, as, as you're building a following and creating content on other platforms, um, which platforms are you you making the top priority?
0: I mean, honestly, right now, I think that's actually something that I'm unhappy with myself that I don't think I've been doing that well. It's in this weird, uh, I, I'm in this weird kind of, I feel like, um limbo right now, where initially kind of doing YouTube and getting all the growth, it was so, so focused when, you know, I initially moved into Fortnite, so focused on just maximizing sub growth and getting videos out and making the content the best it could be. I didn't have a team around me at that point. I was still editing all my own content, recording all my own content. So I, and also, you know, the kind of rise of platforms like, um, you know, TikTok and everything else hadn't fully happened yet. I didn't have a strategy. And now, that the kind of, I I finally do have a team around me and I really can and do want to invest more time into those things. It's at this weird point with Fortnite where I I always think of, you know, kind of, uh, especially when you're someone like me who's centered their channel around individual video games at one time, the kind of potential subscriber base you have when you make content that's so focused on the game, like I do or like Lachlan does. Um, slightly less like Lannon because I think his is a bit more universal comedy. But Lockie and myself are uh, very much content on the game. Think of it kind of like, you know, a barrel. And everyone who is in that barrel is a potential subscriber. The more you kind of make videos on the game, more of those people come over to your channel, they subscribe. But after a while, the game's two and a half years old at this point. Most people who are consuming Fortnite content have decided who they want to consume Fortnite content from. Now, early on when the game came out, you, I, you know, channel was growing by 25,000, 30,000 subs a day every single day for a year. It was, you know, absolutely insane because there's so many new people coming in to the community. All of them are kind of being like, okay, where can I get my content? Who do I engage with? Who do I like? Um, and I think that right now I've, I'm in this weird demotivated spot almost where I'm kind of... You know, I, I'm really trying to figure out how do I access that new group of viewers because obviously continuing to make content on a game that's two and a half, three years old that isn't really bringing in new people isn't really a way to grow a channel. I still love doing it. I still love playing the game. I still love making those videos. But um, but um yeah, as to what other platforms I really prioritize at the moment, I'm, I'm basically trying to, I guess kind of, actually formulate a new strategy i'm kind of in a bit of a limbo right now of trying to figure out what the best next move is so to answer your question i'm being awful at it right now and i need to do better thank you for the wake-up call
2: response. we appreciate the candor like it's gonna be roughly when you have had so much success and to figure out how to diversify you know you know other forms of content and other platforms i i've never been on that from that seen it from that perspective and i can only imagine that's pretty overwhelming
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I've learned not to let it stress me out. I've literally been through this two, three times before already. You know, I had the TF2, kind of the initial rise of my channel. After a while, most people in TF2 knew who I was. They either liked me or they didn't. And also I was, so the growth slowed, running out of video ideas, you lose motivation. Overwatch comes out, you kind of spike back up again. Suddenly you've got all this new content to engage with, a brand new audience. It's awesome. It's fun. It's fantastic. Um, And then, you know, Overwatch, you start to run out of ideas, go back into variety. You're like, oh my God, without Overwatch, what am I? I've got nothing left. And then Fortnite comes out and you're like, okay, great. This is the next one. And then you're kind of engaging with the new game again, infinite ideas again, growth, but let me tell you, the most frustrating spot to run out of subscriber growth momentum is at 9.7 million subscribers. There
1: you go. <laughs> that is not fucking okay with me. You're, you're just like, okay, we just needed 500. i like, more. I'm like just, just a little bit more. Just, 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 just that much? I love it. I, love I it. was this close. <laughs>
0: I don't care. After ten, I don't care if, if 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 I grow or I just stay stagnant forever. I just I need. It's like the final achievement of the video game. <laughs> you just you just need the diamond. That's it. That's it. Mr. Mr. Beast and PewDiePie—they're playing the expansion mode. You know, they can go <laughs> a little bit further. For normal people, that's that's the that's the end game. Well, you're
2: you're you're, you're close there. Model or get an algorithm that helps you predict which game is going to be the next biggest game that has the biggest community. Like that? <laughs> Honestly.
0: But, but, I, but I think what I've learned now, and I think that, you know, kind of... Because we've got this big group chat with, you know, me, Fresh, Lan, and Lockie, where we're talking about stuff. And whenever one of these new games kind of gets a little spike, a lot of the time we're, like, sitting there, you know, we're talking about, it, like, ah, oh, should we? Shouldn't we? I don't know. Like, it's, it's probably going to be a thing. And you don't want to alienate too many of your viewers by spamming a game they don't like. But I think what I've learned when it comes to those variety games, like Among Us being the perfect example is the reason I was able to get traction in Overwatch was I moved fast on Overwatch. As soon as that game was in beta, even before it was in beta, I was making content, bringing stuff out. Same with Fortnite. I was one of the first people to ever make a Fortnite video because they sponsored me to by chance. But then also I saw the traction quickly and I really got into it quite fast. Um, I think that... And and with Among Us, um, which obviously is isn't a long term game like Fortnite or Overwatch, it's not it's it's not going to be the kind of thing that holds an entire community. I don't think for like three years, um, it does feel like more of a you know kind of like a a shorter term thing, but. Yeah, but if you if you look at the difference between if you're one of the creators who moved in fast on that audience and really kind of started making content quickly versus one of the people who kind of ummed and for two or three weeks until there was clearly a huge audience and views there, if you wait that long, it is so much harder to break in um, versus, you know, you look at someone like uh, uh, Mr. Fruit who, you know, his channel was sitting at 100, 200k views a video he jumped into Among Us early on, really got in there, started making content. And the audience is always going to precede the supply of content, if that makes sense. The audience, when a new game comes out, is always going to grow faster. Well, a lot of the time with games like that, then the content creators can catch up to it because a lot of content creators wait to see that audience before they go in. So if you're one of those people who gets in there early and starts to provide the content, that wave of new audience They've got nowhere to go but you, and you can. And the algorithm, at least in my opinion, is so momentum focused that if you're one, of, if YouTube detects that all of a sudden you've got a big influx, they're just going to keep on building and building and building and building. And once you've kind of really nailed yourself in there in that new title, it's very hard to get knocked off until the entire audience for the game falls down. Wow,
2: that's fascinating. Um, why do you think? I think, uh, and Daryl, this is for you or Elliot. Um, why is Among Us one of the most important games? You know, over the last little bit.
0: My I answer- mean, you've got an answer as well.
1: Well, I, I have I mean, an. Answer I, I, to- I definitely do, but yeah, go ahead, Elliot.
0: I mean, I I think I think it's a it's a mixture of multiple things, and I, I'm probably going to come across a bit to. Um, uh, and not, not i don 't want a- anti among us isn 't the right word, but you know i 'm probably going to come across like a, like not giving it quite as much credit as, as it deserves. I do think that as a whole, the online you know kind of youtube gaming space is moving it 's always been this way we 've had games spike and then we move into a period of variety transition as everyone 's kind of waiting for a next big title and then you get another spike and then there 's that variety transition um, at least in you know, kind of a lot of the titles I've seen. Um, And I do think, I think, you know, partially the growth of Among Us is reflective of that kind of movement into that more variety phase. And I think that when you do go into that, one of the most reliable things is just banter and kind of that dynamic between creators. And I think it's, you know, full credit to the point that you made before, which is that that kind of banter commentary and creator and creator back and forward is so entertaining. And I think if you, you're right, if you, if you wind that back all the way to, um, you know, GTA when it first came out and Vanos, the reason that content was so good is at that point, the content really isn't the game. Like people aren't watching it because they think the game is good and crazy and entertaining. It's what the game enables. The game enables the banter. The game GTA when you know someone walks up to Vanos in game and and says like your mama and he shoots them. It's like that's funny. It's not because the game did anything specific, but it provided enough of a sandbox for those interactions. And I think you're seeing that in Among Us, where it's the it's the it's. It, I mean, the mini games are like. It's not crazy gameplay at the end of the day, but it's the it's the dynamic, it's the hilarity, it's the people shouting at each other, it's the him calling you a liar, you calling him a liar back. And I think that every time we've gone into these little variety stages, and I think, like you say, I also think it's reflective of the fundamental growth in that area of people wanting to see that dynamic. But you look at GTA RP. Once again, that was all about the dynamic between people. No one's sitting there. What it's not if it was if it was because people wanted to watch GTA 5. They would have been watching people play it solo. They're not. They're watching the RP because it's about the interaction. Same with Rust, the growth of Rust in the past couple of months. They're not watching YouTubers playing on random servers. They're watching the ones where it's a lot of RP and roleplay and dynamics and this person interacting with that person. And I think that, back to Among Us, it's that in a very condensed video-friendly format because RP and Rust is very hard to make work in youtube because the storylines are so elongated you can't really condense it into one small thing but among us is the perfect game where you can have a storyline that exists within a micro contained 15 minute round and can be packeted up into a bit of youtube content that people can immediately engage with
1: yeah, and I think I think this is where I like I made the comment a little bit earlier, like the next three years of gaming is definitely the, between the social component of banter. Um, but I think Among Us is brilliant because um, the the viewer gets to see it from a different perspective than the player does. And then there's that banter back and forth that actually um, creates a lot of polarization and a lot of fun and a lot of really uh, quick comments Uh, That really pull the viewer in because it's more entertaining than just for the gameplay. And I think there's there's a role for gameplay and you're going to always have that role of oh, being the best at a certain game and doing the certain other things. But I think we're moving into the dynamic that they'd rather see the banter. They'd rather see the interaction between uh, the people. And that's why you can see a lot of the channels that are taking off as of late. They have that component in there, uh, regardless of what the game is, you know. Yeah, so absolutely. It's
2: fascinating for me because it's more casual games like, or like a, like what we also would call like, a, like mobile games, like meet, you know, mainstream gaming. Like it's it's like the two worlds have clashed like yeah. one of the first times, where like I have nieces that don't like playing video games that love playing Among Us with their parents or their you know other relatives or friends. Um, but the reason why I think it's one of the most important games of all time is because you know which of your friends are the best liars. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> which ones know how to bs it's oh, also a great game if you want to troll someone so um, um in a way i feel like among us has ripped off uh, an old school game that we used to call mafia where you have a group of people and you'd have to be it literally all- it
0: is mafia no the game is mafia or what's the yeah. alternative werewolf it is it is mafia in video game form 100 percent. Yeah, where,
2: where you have a detective yeah. you have you know mafiotos and you, and you have that of-
0: one little crap friend who opens his eyes during the nighttime segment <laughs> while people are being murdered and cheats. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely.
2: I have a Law who's overpassionate with gaming and like, you know, we've had many fights in the years. Um, but he, he stopped playing mafia with me because me and my, um, And my little brother used to target him and always say that he was the mafia. And he was like one of the best players, very strategic, knew how to BS, knew how to, you know, you know, win. And every round, the first round would say, You're out. This guy's the mafia. Well, anyways, we now have Among Us. I've been begging him to play. And he refuses to play with me or to yeah, when early,
0: early, when I first started playing early on, there was uh, this like right when we were all getting into it. And there was one guy who'd already had like 200 hours in the game who was in our group. And he was just so fucking good at being a detective. Like when you, especially when you think about it back then, he'd be like, oh, you know, you were only standing at the wires for seven seconds. It takes at least nine. And just the level of gaming that now is normal, that back then was just like, I'm sorry, what? So every time I got imposter, he's dead straight away. Didn't even matter. Wouldn't even care. I would just knife him and jump an event. There was no (laughs) possible way I could let him live. And even when, and then when I'm not an imposter, I'd be like, we got to vote that guy off. Because if he is an imposter, it's too dangerous to leave him alive.
2: Well, what I would do, like I used to have this old school tactic when I played Mafia where I would like, Back by one of the other mafiotos and say, it's this person. And then I'd have credibility for the rest of the game.
0: Yeah.
2: I tried that with among us. And I came in too late. Like I only started playing a couple months ago. Once I started, I, I tried doing that once and everyone called me out on it. And I like got, I, I mean, like it progressed in game of mafia where everyone was like, kind of like an amateur, but now they're all really good at that. You know? Yeah. That posturing and, 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 and gameplay. Um, so one question for me Elliot for you is um you know we we've talked about you know how you got started and some of the different highlights of your career like where where do you want to go next like what are some of your goals
0: yeah I mean um, I obviously still love making videos still love YouTube I'm I'm very like I think you know kind of like I've been pretty honest about during this episode is it is a kind of a weird area for me right now because when i love youtube when i like absolutely am having a blast and literally you couldn't drag me out of this room is when there's like a new title that comes out and there's all these ideas to explore and you know kind of like the early days of fortnite where i had a list this long of game-changing ideas that no one had ever thought about that I was like this would be hilarious if you could pull it off and I remember we used to have you know it was me me Lockie and Lannan were all the same we had like a list of ideas and you'd be like oh I'm doing the you know the kind of bouncing from the top of the map video today and so I'd be like no that was on my list you can't do that that was on my idea list and we'd literally you know an update would come out that would add a new item. And you'd immediately think of like four or five video ideas and you'd have to try and think, okay, like this person probably thought of this idea. So I've got to do this one first. They probably didn't think of this one. So I can leave that to day three, but man, if they do that on day two and mine doesn't come out until the day after, I'm going to look like I copied them. I'm going to hate it. So... Those days where you've just got so many free-flowing ideas, so many things that you're keen to try, don't know what's going to work. gonna, uh, what, You don't know what is going to work. That's what I'm really excited for. I would love it if either, you know, Fortnite does something that kind of reinjects that back into the game or if another title comes out that I get that same passion for. Um, and if not on YouTube, I think I'm just going to have to try a few things and really kind of figure out what will really like reinvigorate me on the content side. But at the same time, you know, the uh, the click management stuff as well is an absolute blast. Love kind of having that as something to be involved with, which was always the idea is it's it's really, you know, kind of as much of a, um, a mental value thing for me as a business one is just having something that I can actually invest my mental space in that isn't playing Fortnite and making YouTube videos and kind of... Um, I think kind of trying to find a direction in that, trying to take that to the next level, trying to you know, find a way to disrupt the gaming industry even more and, and kind of build it into something big and exciting and game-changing is another thing that I'm really keen to invest more and more time into going forward, definitely.
2: Yeah, you've done a great job of, of having a creator-owned um, um, management group. Um, I, I know our team has been very impressed. With working with, with with your team and with Grace, with you, like um, you guys are definitely going places.
1: So yeah, Elliot, Grace, do, yeah. Do you find yourself uh, interacting and managing a little bit differently because you've gone through the creative route and you know kind of what the creators are dealing with? Like, what makes your company a little bit more unique than others that are out there?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that the the biggest thing for me getting involved with Click early on or, you know, kind of like founding Click um, early on was that kind of level of – I think it really helped us grow initially because of that level of trust that comes from one creator to another. I think that um, – you know, we started click pretty immediately around the time of all the machinima stuff and the sixty forty contracts and lifetime in- agreements and you know I think there was this real period around when we kicked off where there was pretty hefty mistrust between because yeah. uh, they wanted
1: your firstborn child and,
0: everything else. <laughs> and it would be like and it would be like if anyone and and I do mean literally anyone handed a YouTuber a contract. The first thing a YouTuber does is just like, all right, how are you screwing me over here? You know, like, what's the the thing? There was no such thing as a legitimate business relationship between a YouTuber and someone else. It was always someone trying to take advantage of the 17-year-old kid. Well, almost always that was the case. Um, So I think it was, you know, early on very much trying to go in there and just do something at the outset that was just very much transparent, understanding this is what YouTubers need. This is what YouTubers want. This is how I think we could um, build out a service that achieves that. So being very transparent, very clear, no kind of nothing dodgy going on behind the scenes. Um, And then also I think uh, trying to provide at least at like an initial stage, I think what made Click different to most like brand deal management companies is we really also tried to build in that full management service aspect because I knew for me as a channel, there was a lot of, you know, kind of work things that I didn't want to do and I also didn't understand, didn't understand how to get set up with an accountant properly, how to incorporate, how to, um, you know, kind of I wanted to organize an editor, where do I start, is spending eight hours a day trying to do a job ad list, a good investment of my time. Um, and yeah, basically tried to find a really economical way where we could partner with channels who right now might not be making that much money and actually give them like a full personal assistant manager style service while also doing the brand deal stuff. And I think, um, yeah, just really early on trying to build that trust and basically make it be the kind of thing where we don't have to even try and convince people to sign. It's very much like people coming to us being like, hey, I've heard you guys do great stuff. Can I be a part of it? And um, and and also really just trying to bring the Australian community together because I feel like, you know, in LA, you've got all these big groups and everyone's going to LA house parties and there's like a lot of stuff going on. Australian gaming, I think, um, when I first got into it, literally, I mean, number one, we didn't have any of the creators we do today. I think, you know, Locky was just starting out. I was obviously smaller than him. Lannon, I think, was starting out as well. And the YouTube algorithm was basically burying his content permanently. So we had no views. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we were, all, we were all literally like specs. So the idea of just having something that could bring everyone together and, you know, have like a bit of a community was, um, was also great. And then, yeah, just beyond that now, trying to find ways to, um, you know, kind of actually build on top of that with... Um, creators even more. I think, you know, talking to Reed and, you know, I think pretty much every big um, manager of, you know, great YouTubers these days understands that the most important thing that you can do as management isn't so much brand deals, like they're great, they're fantastic, but it's really that kind of how can you partner with them to build businesses and really kind of leverage that audience so that they're not using their audience to advertise someone else's product for a one, one off fee. They're using that audience to build their own product and build their own brand. And, um, yeah.
1: Well, that's
2: great. Um, what do you do? Like, you're obviously very busy. You know, you have a couple of businesses that you're running. Um, what are you doing to like, like, I mean, when you unplug, like what do you do for fun?
0: I actually like had a bit of a like. Uh, this is <laughs> gonna sound way dramatic, but no, I, I I like I had this realization recently of your exact question, um, where I was like, oh my god, like I need a hobby because <laughs> I I'd spent I no, but literally like I'd spent the last five years of my life where it was wake up every day, get a coffee, go record, record for that many hours, go edit, make thumbnails, review edits, upload, wake up. You know, I didn't have spare time and i so the idea of a hobby and the idea of having to do anything else was um you know kind of completely insane i remember my family had to literally negotiate with me for like three weeks to convince me to go on a ski trip away which obviously i should be excited for but my brain was like no 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 if i don't if i miss one youtube upload it's all over the game's done um So now, you know, obviously I've finally reached uh, a point where I've got editors, thumbnail people, um, and, you know, click's also a great way to spend time. But you're right, I do suddenly have spare time and I hate at the moment that some nights I go home and I'm just like, I get back home and it's like 7 p.m. And I'm like, good, uh watch some Netflix, I don't know, like, you know, <laughs> and, but, but either that or, like, you know, like, I'll be like, oh, you know, I'll go get drinks with someone, but then I'm like, I don't want to be going out getting drinks and going to restaurants every other night. Like, that's so not healthy, and that's really not a great, like, investment of what I want to do. So I don't know. I actually have been trying to figure out that very question. I randomly walked into a, um, into a tech store over Christmas, and I bought, like, a, a camera with a portrait lens. I was like, maybe I'll do photography. I don't fucking know. And... Oh, yeah. uh, so I don't know. I'm, kind of <laughs> I'm definitely in a weird limbo right now where I need to figure out what the hell a hobby is because you I never out had a to... model with that
2: camera. Yeah, you your Instagram, your Instagram game.
0: You everyone know. talks, everyone talks about hobbies being relaxing, man. Fucking hobbies are stressful. <laughs> Thinking of what I want to do for a hobby is stressing me out more than work. Like literally the most stressful part of my life right now is what am I going to do when I'm not in the office that it every day it's 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 a problem
2: i'm hearing but i mean but you're you know you're freaking australia i I can't
0: just go skiing (laughs) do you surf it's a lot of desert um i don't know i don't surf and i live and and i i have like a big thing and i know this is it's a really toxic mindset that i totally shouldn't have i have a big thing about like dead time that's like mainly around travel where i'm like okay like yep sure could go surf, but man, it's gonna be half an hour to pack everything I need in a car, then another half hour to drive to the beach, then you know, 15 minutes to unpack and actually get in the water, fifteen minutes to get out, half an hour drive back, then I gotta wash the wetsuit, gotta get everything done. I'm like, man, I'm gonna lose like four hours here for a 45 minute surf. I got crap to do. I actually know. You know what I did start doing? Uh, spear fishing. And that is great. I'm having a blast wow. of spear fishing. There you go. I've, I've been doing that. that I've been doing that not as much as I want to, but I want to do it a little bit more. Uh, I haven't actually got any fish, but man, I feel manly swimming around with a spear gun in my hand. I'll tell you that much.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I have a lot of daddy issues of not fly fishing as much as I should have with my father, but I kind of want to one-up him and do spear fishing.
0: Yeah, oh my God. I mean, for me, it's basically
2: no, 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 what, What's the cooler way to fish? You know, with a spear or with a fly rod?
0: Yeah, me calling it spear fishing is probably a bit generous. It's really me swimming in the ocean while also holding a spear gun. Just coincidentally, so <laughs> it really doesn't get a lot of use um but uh yeah no it's a blast it's really really fun um and i've got a couple of friends who are really into it so they're always just, trying to drag me out
1: don't shoot them and you'll be okay because like <laughs> yeah, we know, yeah we don't need no accident
0: <laughs> no no exactly exactly good to avoid
1: well sweet um thank you so much for jumping on we got one last question that we like to really ask everyone that's on the podcast but what what technology that's out there, what platform or creators out there that are really disrupting the space that you're like, hey, you got to pay attention to this? What would
0: that be? Have you guys heard of uh, mobile gaming? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, oh, where is it? Where's my? Oh, anyway. But no, but but I genuinely think, I don't know. I think for me personally, um, I mean, obviously, and this, this isn't even something I'm going to, uh, you know, even – expand on it all. I think what Mr. Beast is doing on the platform is ridiculous and incredible and mind-blowing every day. Not news to anyone, but that is a fact. Um I, I think for me, when I'm looking at the space in a technology sense, um what is actually most interesting to me right now is anything around mobile gaming um I mean obviously I just did an investment in Backbone I know that you know Miss Beast has done that a whole bunch of YouTubers have gotten involved with them um for me personally uh as well I think cloud gaming don't get me wrong I laughed at it so much I like I thought it was a bit silly like two years ago when it first got announced. But man, these days, just more and more, the idea that someone could just go and play a AAA game on their mobile phone and the mobile phone doesn't even need to have any powerful technology in it to do it, I can just more and more see that becoming such a powerful thing in the industry. So I think for me, stuff that's interested me is that kind of those cloud gaming services. There's a lot of kind of um, smaller ones trying to find ways to kind of disrupt that zone and kind of find their own path in to actually be able to compete against things like google um and then also once again yeah the things like uh i found it backbone the uh you know things like this which a controller that would strap onto a mobile phone to actually enable that gaming experience even more i I just i genuinely think that in terms of uh kind of sectors that are really going to blow up Um, over the next little while. I just think the mobile has so much going for it. I think that um, in terms of where technology is going to be able to most rapidly scale, computers are always going to go up in increments and you'll have a better GPU and a better CPU, and whatever. But I think in the space of the last year or two, you've seen mobile phones go already from being something that you'd play Angry Birds on to I can play full-fledged, well, I could play full-fledged Fortnite um, up against people who are uh, alongside playing on PC. And I think that's only going to get more and more crazy. I think that you've also got sectors across the world, like, you know, India, Asia, who are more and more entering the space, more and more being able to um, kind of invest in this kind of entry-grade level into the gaming space. And I think that once you pair that alongside services like Google Stadia, which will allow little bits of hardware like that to play even the craziest most high-end games you've got bits of technology like this which effectively make the gaming experience just as good as it would be on a console i i think mobile gaming has got so much ahead and i'm so excited to see where it goes
2: i i'm with you there i i agree a hundred percent and i you know i i just recently um got the most recent oculus and it's amazing yeah. I mean, it's yeah. amazing all the stuff that you can go that you can do there but you know, I believe that the the hardware and like you know and and um, um, the future of VR is going to be the mobile device. I think it's gonna it's gonna mainly be mobile games with you know much more efficient um, and and, and um, um, in, um, bundled or you know um, in, I mean, yeah. um, smaller you know um, um hardware that's easier to carry around. And I think you you, you build a Get a very similar experience with 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 what you get from the the mobile device as what you get from a from a console apparently
0: absolutely
1: and one day ricky will actually accept my friend request on oculus so we can actually do some VR. <laughs> hey hey i'm not interested in the tap dancing game oh, i know come you- on, i just i know <laughs> you like it you but gotta I, try I'm it <laughs> it's your new hobby all right. We have had enough. Thank you, uh, Elliot, so much for your time and for your words of wisdom. Uh, thanks exactly. again for, for coming on and, and really helping uh, the people that are listening to this or watching this to really see how it's like uh, to grind away, putting out those videos and kind of some of those challenges that are there. And uh, Ricky, do you have any last thoughts before we, we jump off? No, no,
2: Elliot, thank you so much. You know, you're one of the legends and we appreciate you making the time to be on this podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Okay, everyone else, make sure you follow, like, subscribe, whatever that thing is you do, and we'll see you guys on the next video.